Well, good morning, everybody. We praise God for another day's journey. Thankful for uh, God blessing us with a reasonable portion of health and sense, bringing us to this place and this time able to worship him in spirit and in truth. For those of you who I have not seen, I think I got one or two more weeks to say Happy New Year and still be within proper etiquette. So Happy New Year to those of you I have not seen yet. And I pray that God will continue to bless you and that this will be the best year possible. Man, just a couple of things I want to share with you before uh, I share with you from the word today. Uh, first of all, we're excited. So we have a project that we are about to launch. Uh, Sister Dawn Stevens is going to give leadership to this project. And it's the Good Hope 150th Anniversary Cookbook. Now, just so y'all know, we did this those of you who were here 25 years ago, 25 years ago, we did our 125th anniversary cookbook. And man, I was looking through that cookbook. Some of y'all never got a chance to have Sister Stevens rolls. You don't know nothing about her socket to me cake. You don't know about Big Annie's uh, bread pudding. You don't know nothing about that. But all of those recipes are in that cookbook. Those ladies have gone home to be with the Lord and we're cooking for Good Hope when it was back in the fourth ward. And so uh, we're going to expand this in our 150th anniversary. We're going to include uh, those recipes that many of you have come up with, with Daniel Fast. We're gonna include in this book a vegan section um, for those who are eating healthy and eating vegan, uh, some vegetarian dishes and the like, and then just some good old fashioned Southern cooking, amen. Uh, you know, a friend of mine, who uh, passes in Harlem now, he said, you know, I never saw a sign that said good old-fashioned northern cooking, right? Uh, it's always southern cooking. Uh, but for those of you, you know, who have moved off of food like pork and meat and, you know, other things like that, you're pescatarians, you know, we're going to have some recipes in there for you. But for those of you who still eat chitlins and, you know, souse meat and, you know, all that, you, you, you understand what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying. Those of you who still eat that way, or at least indulge every now and then, uh, this cookbook is going to be for you. So for those of you who consider yourselves food aficionados, and you have some recipes that you want to share, man, we would love to publish them. Uh, proceeds from the sales of our book uh, go towards our mission work. And so uh, everything that you give is going to be a blessing to somebody else and it will bless your family as well. So we look forward to that. Last but not least on today, uh, don't forget we have a series coming up, uh, Blessing Others uh, Through Living the One Another's. And this is going to start next week, Lord says the same. And uh, I'm excited about that. There's still some small groups that are meeting. So if you're not in the pilot groups, there's still some small groups that are meeting. And if you're interested in meeting in a small group, while the pilot groups are going on, you can still do that and be part of this 10-week uh, series that we're going to be kicking off next week. Lord says the same. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time on today. Father, we thank you and we bless you for this day. Uh, we thank you for this time. I pray now, God, that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight. Bless our time in your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everyone at some point faces 
challenges and difficulties in life, uh, whether they are emotional, physical, mental, or spiritual, all of us will be challenged. Whether we are old or young, rich or poor, all of us will face some tough times in life. The question is really not will you face them, it's how you will respond when you face them. Will you allow those stumbling blocks that come to trip you up or will you be able to turn what others would perceive to be a stumbling block into a stepping stone to getting to where God ultimately wants you to be? Many famous people that we look at and we admire and in many instances envy, uh, we see the glory, we don't know the story behind the scenes. And we fail to understand that many of them went through some of the same things you went through and or are going through right now. Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, This woman had just gotten divorced. She was on government assistance and could barely afford to feed her baby in 1994. She wrote a children's novel that she thought was good, but she was so poor She couldn't afford a computer or even the cost of photocopying the 90,000-word novel. So she typed out manuscripts by hand for every publisher she sent them to. Every publisher she sent that hand-type written novel to rejected it, except for one named Bloomsbury. They had already rejected it, but the CEO decided to give it a second look because his daughter read the novel and loved it, his eight-year-old daughter. He said, maybe we have something here. She was broke for three years until that first novel was published. She is now the best-selling living author in Great Britain. Her books have sold millions of copies worldwide, and she is worth over $1 billion. The name of her first book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. The author's name, J.K. Rowling. This, this, this brother had a, had a rough childhood. He was physically and sexually abused growing up, got kicked out of high school, and tried to commit suicide two times. One as a preteen and again at 22. At 23, he moved to Atlanta and took up odd jobs as he started working on his stage career. In 1992, he wrote, produced, and starred in his first theater production. He put all of his savings into this production, and it failed miserably. The run of the show lasted one weekend, and the grand total of 30 people came out over that weekend to see that show. He kept up with the production. He worked odd jobs in order to make ends meet and to keep on honing his craft. He ended up sleeping in his car just to make ends meet. Six years later, that same play finally broke through when on its seventh run, the show became a success. In one year, he was named by Forbes as the highest paid man in entertainment. 
He's worth right over a billion dollars right now. And his name, Tyler Perry. Uh, th- this one will, will help somebody. He was born in Hell's Kitchen neighborhood in Manhattan. He had complications that he lives with even today from his mother who suffered during labor and the obstetricians were forced to use two pair of forceps during his birth. The misuse of the forceps uh, caused him to experience accidentally a severing of a nerve that caused paralysis in parts of his face. As a result, the lower part, left part side of his face is paralyzed, including parts of his lip, tongue, and chin. What was seen as an accident has been parlayed by him into his own image. Uh, He had a difficult childhood. His parents had a volatile relationship and fought all the time. They eventually got a divorce. He worked series of odd jobs up and down the East Coast, Washington, D.C., to Philadelphia, to New York, and ended up working in a cleanup crew for the lion's cages at the Central Park Zoo. After several small roles, he began writing a screenplay that would change his life forever. He was the writer, and he insisted that he would have to be the star as he pitched this story to people in Hollywood over and over again. Many of them rejected him, but one took a chance, and in 1976, this film won 10 Oscar nominations. He wrote and has directed sequels in the ensuing years and has earned critical praise for many memorable performances. His his name is actually etched into the bricks of the Philadelphia Art Museum. His name, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I love this lady's story. Her career began more out of necessity than raw ambition. Her parents divorced when she was two and she rarely saw her father. Her mom and stepfather, to whom she grew close, often couldn't make enough to get by, so she started singing in bars to raise money and make extra money when she was eight years old. She recalls her mother waking her up at all hours to get up and perform. When she was 21, her mother and stepfather were tragically killed in an automobile accident, and she took responsibility to take care of her three younger siblings who were all in their teens at the time. She sang at resorts. She sang at honky-tonks. She did whatever she could to make ends meet until finally her youngest sibling, her brother, graduated from high school and all of her siblings got to the point that they could take care of themselves. And then she decided to try to embark on her career heading down to Nashville. To date, she has sold over 100 million records making her the best-selling female artist in country music history. Her name, Shania Twain. We we see the glory, y'all, but man, we don't know the story. And anywhere along the line, any of these people that we see as stars today could have been derailed, but here's what they all had in common. They did not allow what had happened to them to keep God from blessing them.
And sometimes the greatest obstacle that we have to get by and over is ourself. Somebody today, if nothing else, I want you to find out how to get out of your own way. Instead of blaming other people, instead of talking about what happened, instead of talking about what could have, should have been, how do you get out of your own way from this point forward so you can maximize whatever time you have left? Today, for a few moments, I want to continue our thought and talk to you from the thought how to get past your past. How to get past your past. Let me ask you a question. Write this down somewhere on your outline, if you will. Which helps more, having advantages or learning to overcome adversity? Which helps more? I know both of them help, but which one you, do you think helps more? Having advantages or learning how to overcome adversity? Our foundational text is Philippians chapter 3. We've been in verses 12 through 14 the last two weeks, and today I want to conclude this series by going back and looking just for a moment at verses 13 and 14, and then concluding with verses 15 and 16. Here's the first thing I want you to see today. If you are going to get past your past, we're in part three. Number one, you must take responsibility and do all you can to grow and fulfill God's purpose for your life. You must take responsibility and do all you can to grow and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, when I say take responsibility, I'm not talking so much about taking responsibility for what happened to you in the past. I'm talking about taking responsibility for your present and more importantly, for your future. How do you take responsibility so that what has happened to you in your past no longer has power over you, no longer keeps you from finding God's purpose for your life? Here's what I want you to see. Very simple, but it's right here in the text. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do. One thing I do. Listen, Paul recognizes that while he understands theologically the idea and concept of waiting on God, there are some things that you have to take responsibility for yourself. There are some things that you wait on God to do, but there are other things that you need to do for yourself. Do all you can and then trust God to do what you can't. But you have to make sure that you do all that you can do. Paul says, but one thing I do. Paul kept his mind on growing and maturing in Christ so he could become all Christ wanted him to be. So he says, this one thing I do. I do. I have to put things into action. And I told you that one thing I do takes us to verse 14. What we see in verse 13 are the two things that help us to do what we need to do in verse 14. So when he says this one thing I do, 
He's referring to pressing toward the mark. Somebody said, well, how do you press? The pressing is accomplished by the participles in verse 13, forgetting and focusing. Paul said, this is what I do. I press. Wait a minute, what's stopping me from pressing? Some stuff in my past and my failure to focus in my present. My brothers and sisters, can I tell you something? I want you to think for a moment. How much of what plagues you, how much of what irritates you, how much of what bothers you is from your past? Or a byproduct of your past? See, here's the truth of the matter. Much of what we wrestle with, we can't even control. Because it's in our past. Like we can't moonwalk into our past and change what we can't change. But here's the devil's trick. Let me keep it on your mind. Let me keep it in your face. Let me keep it in your spirit. Uh, somebody said to me on yesterday, they said, Pastor said, you said, I'm, I'm just shocked. You, 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 you've blown me away because I know you've done, gone through some difficult times, some tough times, but you just, you just appear, at least to us on the outside, looking like it's not bothering you. You okay? I said, no, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's not bothering me. But here's what I've learned. Every time I've identified something that has come from my past to haunt me, I've asked the Holy Spirit to remind me forgetting those things. Like I'll literally say to myself, forgetting those things. No longer am I going to allow those things in my past to control my present. I don't want them to control my present thought. I don't want them to control my present attitude. I don't want them to control my present actions. Paul says you must be committed, not complacent. You must be dedicated, not distracted. You must put the work in and not waste time. Here's what I've learned in life. Two ways that you can guarantee you will fail. Two ways. Never try or quit too soon. Never try or quit too soon. If you look at it and watch this, you talk yourself out of doing something or talk yourself out of trying something, you will always fail. And if you quit prematurely before the end comes, you will always lose. So Paul says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I told you last week, but let me say it again. That word press is in the indicative mood, the present tense, and the active voice. That means it's something that I am doing on an ongoing basis. I have to keep pressing. Somebody say keep pressing. I can't press and then stop pressing and think I'm going to stay where I was when I was pressing. Some of y'all looking at me strange. Let me put a cord in the meter and park there for a second. Uh, anybody here ever tried to lose weight? I'm just asking. I'm, I'm not assuming nothing. I don't want nobody to say, what you trying to say, Pastor? I'm just asking. Okay. Has there anybody in here ever successfully lost some weight? Okay. How many of y'all can testify that the weight you lost found you? <laughs> Right. 
Isn't it amazing how the weight you lose finds you and then bring some friends with it, right? You'd be like, hold up, why are you mad at me? I, ain't, I just lost you. I ain't asking you to bring no extra friends with you, right? But, but here's, what's, here's what's really, really funny about that. Every one of us knows what we did to lose weight. And then somewhere along the line when we lost it, we stopped doing what we did to lose it to keep it off. You don't, you don't have to say amen. I know I'm right. I'm, I'm saying ouch for myself. You know what I mean? You'd be like, oh, no, I'm going to cut out the breads. I'm going to eat the, drink water. I'm going you know, to eat lean. I'm going to eat clean and whatnot. And it just starts with a little bit. And one dessert ain't going to hurt. Right? And then you eat that one dessert and you still fit in your clothes. And you're like, oh, man. See, I knew that one dessert wasn't going to hurt me. Hey, you know what? If one didn't hurt, two won't hurt. Right? And before you know it, we stop pressing because we stop doing and then we end up reverting back. Now, can I tell you something? What happens to us physically when we talk about losing weight and dieting happens to us spiritually as well. Yeah, because when we're determined that we're going to live right and do right, and, you know, I'm going to keep these folks from making me lose my mind and lose my temper. I, I'm, I'm praying. I'm, matter of fact, I am preemptively praying forgiveness. I'm, I'm going to let some stuff go. And we are great as long as we stay focused. But when we stop pressing, when we stop focusing, my brothers and sisters, it's then that the devil gets busy. And so he says, press. Keep, keep pressing. Don't stop pressing. Stop pressing. And then watch what he says. You're pressing for what? For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I submit to you that there may be some of you who are pressing. You're just not pressing for the right thing. Right? When, when you start pressing for cash, cars, commodities, and creature comforts, and you stop pressing for Christ, you stop press, uh, pressing for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, one of the prizes that you are pressing for is the prize of peace. The prize of contentment, the prize of righteousness, uh, the, the prize of peace of mind. It's time to press. It's time for pressing. And when Paul talks about the prize, he's talking about eternal life with Christ Jesus, but he's also talking about living life on earth in a, me, in a way that helps us to live the way God wants us to live. Remember what I told you last week, being our best for Jesus is not being the best version of ourselves we can be. It's being the best version of Jesus we can be. So when folks see us, they see less of us and more of Jesus. Here's the second thing. Number two, you must stay focused and keep thinking and doing what will keep you growing in spiritual maturity. You must stay focused and keep thinking and doing what will keep you in spiritual, keep you growing in spiritual maturity. Verse 15, Philippians chapter three, let those of us who are mature think this way. 
And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. My brothers and sisters, can I tell you something? So many times in life, because somebody thinks they are a child of God, they think whatever they think is of God. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the person next to you. I'm not talking about you. So many times when you hear people say things like, you know, folk just can't handle what I, because I, I tell the truth. No, you're telling your truth. It's not necessarily God's truth, and you don't tell it God's way. So you use truth as an excuse for your rudeness. If I'm not knocking on your door, let the, let the person go by. Let the person go by. Here's what, here's what God wants you to understand. He says, those of us who are mature think this way. Think what way? This one thing I do. I press. He says, how you think about your pressing reveals your level of spiritual maturity. He says, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Uh, I don't know if you've had people in your life like this, but I've had people in my life where I've just had to say, I'm going to have to let God work it out. You know, like you can tell them whatever. You give them advice. You give them counsel. You, you give them everything they need, and, and then they just want to do what they want to do. Uh, and then you just got to say, you know what, <laughs> I'm going to let God work it out. Because somewhere along the line, here's what I've come to understand. If God is big enough to speak to me, he's big enough to speak to somebody else. And if they don't hear God speaking through me, then maybe God needs to find another way to communicate with them. And that's okay. They don't have to recognize whether or not what I'm saying is from God, if they feel like that's not from God, hey, man, I got to let God speak to them. Paul says, if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. There's some stuff, look, I can tell you, but there's some stuff God going to have to get through to you. Um, I like what Philippians chapter 3, verse 15 and 16 says in the message translation. Look at what it says. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. How many of you want everything God has for you? Now, now watch this, just so you'll understand. I didn't ask how many of you want God to give you everything you want for yourself. Right? You do know that's a different prayer, right? <laughs> yeah, because if you got everything you wanted from God, you get beside yourself and God couldn't get a word in with you, right? But I'm at the place in life, I want everything that God has for me. And the last thing I want is to get the glory. And God said, I had it for you. I wanted to do it, but I couldn't do it because of you. And I say, but God, what about so-and-so? God says, uh-uh. I couldn't do it because of you. But what about where I was born? God said, hmm, had nothing to do with where you were born. I couldn't do it.
because of you. I wanted to bless you, but you wouldn't let me. I wanted to put blessings in your hands, but you were so determined to hold on to a painful past that your hands weren't free to receive what I wanted to give you. Let me just close by telling you this. You need to stay focused on the goal of growing and becoming spiritually mature. Paul says, what it took to move you closer to God, keep doing what you've been doing so you can stay close to God. And if you stop doing what you used to do, go back to doing what you used to do so you can get back to where you used to be. It's not enough to have a good thought. You need to practice good thinking so your good thinking will manifest itself in good living. Look at Galatians 5.16. Let's read it together from the New Living Translation. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let's read Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. You sound so good. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Come on, somebody give God some praise in this place. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. We pray now that everything that we have heard today will help us to get past our past. Help us to develop strategies, God, personally, and help us to encourage one another that we can move from where we are to where you ultimately want us to be and not allow the things that have happened to us in our past to hinder us in our present and in our future. Help us to see the things of our past as an opportunity to develop a testimony to the goodness and grace of God. We bless you. We thank you. We give you glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.